0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.
2: Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
1: You have 47 new
2: voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Bills Mafia.
0: We know there's only one topic every day. All Bills all the time. And now Matt Bovee and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. Well, it's not the
1: circumstances we wanted to talk to you on this always game day in Buffalo post-Bills-Chiefs game wrap-up. The Bills lose, their season's over, 27-24 to the Kansas City Chiefs again. Three out of the last four years, their season has ended at the hands of the Chiefs. Four years in a row, the Bills have made it to the divisional round of the playoff and not advanced to the AFC championship. Welcome in, Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove. I feel like even me, Matt, I'm just, I hear it in my voice. It's just such a disappointment, such a horrible ending to what was a really nice ride the last several weeks and a another season that seemed so promising at a lot of different points of this year.
2: It's so hard. There's a lot of reasons to this. It's so hard because I thought they were good enough to win a Super Bowl. I think they were capable of beating the Ravens. I thought the Chiefs were a tougher matchup than the Ravens, and that's just, I don't know. I just feel like the Chiefs are that one mountain they have not been able to climb, at least at mm-hmm. the end of the season. I think that the injuries certainly played a factor. There's tons of missed opportunities. I think that this was maybe the best chance they've had, and it's another one that slips away. It's another one that you don't get back. You know, you don't get back another year of Josh Allen in his prime. You don't know how much longer you've got this core for the team. You probably don't have this core anymore. Your salary cap becomes a disaster because you were so all in on this specific season. Then it looks like it was bad. And then it once again looks like they had a chance. I mean, at this time yesterday, I thought they were gonna beat the Chiefs. And at this time mm-hmm. I, I really did think that they had a chance of going to the Super Bowl. And I mean, they I, they do. They did have a chance of going to the Super Bowl because yeah. once again they came up just just barely short and lost in heartbreaking fashion. Which is the one thing that this team is able to do consistently. The one thing they consistently <laughs> do is, I don't know, uh, lose in soul crushing ways. That that's what they do. They do it every year.
1: So we will. You know, have time as we go forward to digest the season as a whole, look forward, talk about the free agents and salary cap and what happens in big picture. We'll do all that. Let, let's. We're going to focus on the game though and what went mm-hmm. wrong in this one. Why the Bills aren't advancing to Baltimore next week? If I said to you, Matt, yesterday, whenever leading up to the week, the Bills are—I'm going to give you a scenario. The Bills are down three points, but Josh Allen's getting the ball with eight minutes remaining in the contest. Would you take that?
2: Um, no, because they were still down at the end of the game. But I mean, in theory, you want your quarterback to make a play at the end of the game. So it's not like no, it would have been a doomsday, doomsday scenario.
1: I would have taken it. You give me the ball. If I you give me the ball down three with Josh Allen with eight minutes left, I'm taking it. I think jo- then I need a field goal to try and extend the game. I need a touchdown to win the game. And guess what? Mm-hmm. They got down there and they almost did that. I would absolutely take it. I think in a game like this against Patrick Mahomes, you give me that scenario, I'm taking it. Now you'd love to be ahead, but I think that's a... That's a good situation for the Buffalo Bills to be in. And you know what? They did drive the field, and they did have a chance to kick a field goal. And then it came up short. And I think at the end, we're all asking ourselves several questions, right? Tyler Bass, what's wrong with the kicking game? What happened there? Josh Allen, should he have hit Stephon Diggs across the middle, who was open at seemed He tried to throw for a touchdown there. How about Stephon Diggs earlier in that drive, missing the, the deep ball, if that would have mattered at all? There are a lot of questions you're answering. You're asking, but I think the bottom line is the Bills had a chance to win this game. They had the ball in oh, yeah. Josh Allen's hands with 826 remaining in the game down a field goal. And I think that's a good thing. And you would take that and they didn't make the plays down the stretch to win it.
2: Yeah, I think that even if you look at it from more of a like the the absolute end of the game, like you said, they get the ball back with 823 and that's when their drive starts yeah. with two minutes left. They have second and nine. I I think if you gave me that scenario, I would have signed up for it in a heartbeat where they were on the field. I thought at that point they were going to win the game. I did not think that this was going to be a, I, I thought worst case scenario, you're tied and then you see how much time is ultimately left. Now you're playing that juggling act of, okay, well if we kick the field goal with a minute 30 left, I certainly don't think the Bills are stopping the Chiefs from going down the field and kicking a field goal, but it's obviously better than not miss it, you know, not making the field goal. But yeah, I, just the way the offense was moving, the way that Josh Allen played, I was I was fairly confident that they were about to win and I kind of thought this was shaping up to be one of those games where Allen was going to give them the lead with You know, not 13 seconds left, but let's say 45 seconds left. But the difference would be you would be up a touchdown and not a field goal. So Kansas City was going to need to go down the field with one timeout in 45 seconds or whatever it is on the clock to get a touchdown. I thought we were going to be all kind of waiting for a Hail Mary or a deep shot at the end and seeing what happened. But yeah, no, I mean, they just – a couple bad plays. They let it slip away, and it's just kind of the worst-case scenario for them.
1: Right, and the reason why we say, okay – you know, if you leave Patrick Mahomes any time, like, hey, you kick the field cool. He's still got a minute and a half, or you could score a touchdown, mm-hmm. how much time is left. The reason why you're not comfortable is, honestly, Matt, they couldn't stop him all night. You know, that's where this game lies for me. And it's hard to really just be mad and blame the defense with all the injuries they had. But they couldn't get a stop. And they were run on for six-point-whatever yards a carry. And I, and I think that's where this game goes to. For me, it's not about necessarily even a couple drop passes, which they had. Or even the missed field goal at the end, which obviously hurt them a lot, I think that this game was the Bills' defense' inability to stop the Chiefs' offense, and a lot of that is they had some injuries. I would also say, where was the defensive line? That's not injured. They had no. they didn't get no oh. pressure. It's zero sacks, <laughs> two quarterback hurries the whole night, and the Chief, and they couldn't stop the run. And I I, I don't I'm, I'm at a loss for what happened on that side of the ball w- up front.
2: Yeah, there was nothing. I mean, where was that Oliver? Where was Daquan Jones? Where was the pass rush? I I noticed Von Miller more tonight than probably anybody else other than Greg Rousseau, and that's not a good thing. That's a problem because Von Miller certainly looks like a shell of himself.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. Von Von was the only defensive lineman, Matt, that had more than one tackle. He had two.
2: Yeah, that's crazy. I just think that the defense... I I talked to this with our pal Mike Catalana after the game, and it was like, you know, I don't want to make injuries part of the story because it feels like that's an excuse. And he said, Matt, there's a difference between reasons and excuses. The defense was a major reason why they did not win this game, and a lot of that had to do with injuries. This game looks different if they have a healthy Terrell Bernard. This game looks different if they have a healthy Taylor Rapp because when they go to dime, Taylor Rapp is no longer an option, and then you can have Poyer. I mean, there were times in this game when A.J. Klein was covering Travis Kelsey, and it ended exactly how you thought it would end with A.J. Klein, who was getting ready to go in an RV to like Florida two weeks ago, is covering maybe the greatest tight end of all time. Defensively, they could not figure things out. Sean McDermott is a defensive-minded head coach. He deserves a lot of the blame, but the little piece here is... He was trying to coach against Patrick Mahomes with guys who probably should be playing in the preseason, not in the NFL divisional round with a chance to go to the AFC championship. Mm So to me, when you look at the entire game, every phase deserves blame. The offense deserves blame from just scoring seven points in the second half. The special teams deserves blame because of obviously the way the game ended in that ridiculously bad punt, fake punt attempt. But the defense deserves the most of the blame, and that starts with the head coach because he's a defensive minded guy.
1: Sure. I mean, of course. It starts with him. I don't know. I, I thought that, you know, maybe they'd have something cooked up to be able to, to do it. I, I don't know. I don't know what you're supposed defensive. to do. I mean, you gotta I have a hard time blaming Sean McDermott when the defensive line just didn't show up to play. They're all what? healthy. I mean, yeah. is that did he not scheme it right? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't. But you got to make yeah, a play, man.
2: Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, it's all of them. It's across the board. Like like we said, Vaughn had a couple plays, and I know Greg Rousseau had a couple, but besides that, I didn't notice Leonard Floyd ever. No. I didn't notice Ed Oliver. I guess like. Two it tackles felt like- that struggled all year. No. And I mean, the same thing too. Pacheco just destroyed them. They could not stop one of the biggest differences is this in this game is that Isaiah Pacheco destroyed them the entire game. James Cook played well in the first half and in the second half completely hit a wall. Their run game in the second half, Howard Simon tweeted out the stat was averaging. It went from like 5.8 yards a carry to 3.4 or something in the second half. Their run game completely abandoned them and that's another reason why they lost because down the stretch they were trying to run the ball and it was leading to losses it wasn't even leading to marginal gains it was leading to three yard loss four yard loss there's the one on the on the drive after the Touchback, the one that goes out of the end zone, the Bills get the ball. They pick up like eight yards on the first play and then they run it to James Cook and he loses three yards and you go from second and two to third and five and then they have a ball batted down and that's when they ultimately punt it. Like at that point, it almost felt like destiny, right? Like that touchback happens. You're like, you're going to win this game. Like they're they're somehow going to steal this game and they're going to win. And these are the things that happen on a run to the AFC championship into the Super Bowl. And even this team found a way of screwing that up.
1: Defense, obviously, missing some key parts. Talk about the offense though—what they could have done better. All right, so no explosive plays again in this game, Matt, and and that has been something that has really failed the Bills a lot mm-hmm. this year, too often. And and look, I I'm not—I know that Gabe Davis had this incredible game against the Chiefs a few years ago. They had one guy, Gabe Davis, who was out. Maybe he makes a difference a little bit there, but he hasn't had these explosive plays this year. Why has this team struggled? And why do you think tonight in this game, they just could not get explosive plays?
2: (sighs) I think it's partially the Chiefs have a really good defense, and I think that the Chiefs almost forced the Bills to play. I think that's a strategy that a lot of teams do against the Bills because they think that Josh Allen is his own worst enemy at times, and because he is so dead set on trying to take those big plays that they don't take the things underneath, and you almost force him into making his own mistakes. And when you look at the end of the game with the play to Khalil Shakir, the second down pass where you're trying to take the play – like there's going to be people who criticize the decision-making. That's fine. That's an entirely, you know, you could talk about that for a half an hour. Should he probably just check it down to digs? Yeah. But he also thinks that he's going to make that throw. And who am I to say that he's not going to make it? Because he makes ridiculous throws all the time. Yeah. Shakira was Shakir, open. If he, if he doesn't get
1: hit in, with me, he probably connects.
2: Yeah. I mean, Chris Jones, that's, the, that's another layer. Like the chiefs, all-star players played well. The bills didn't get that from their defensive like Chris Jones was a force even though he didn't get any sacks he was a pain in the neck for the Bills the entire game where the Bills interior defensive line could not do that so I think part of it was the Chiefs have a really good defense I think the other part of it was the Bills were very methodical especially in the first half about the way that they were making you know moving the ball down the field with these long drives and really trying to run the ball and then the other thing is just missed opportunities right like you have the one where I mean. It was a 65-yard dime to Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs needs to make that catch. Every day yep. of the week, that is a catch that he needs to make. Trent yep. Shurfield is probably getting his hand pulled a little bit, so it's a hard, hard catch to make. But you would like to think that he should make one of those two deep catches. Look at, look at the first drive in the second half where Patrick Mahomes hits MVS yep. for a big gain and immediately marches them yep. down the field. That is a player... Who has very much struggled with making contested catches and dropping the ball, but they got those plays, and the Bills did not.
1: No, that's right. I agree with you. And you gotta, everyone, you gotta make a play. Your Trent Shurfield. I mean, you get these limited opportunities this year, and people were clamoring for him, including myself, to to play more. Yeah. Maybe this is why,
2: right? And he didn't make a play there. I um, say there was one thing on top of that. One thing. Yeah. Sorry. I, they yeah. missed Gabe. They definitely missed Gabe Davis in this game. Like no questions asked. And I know that Gabe Davis has been so incredibly inconsistent this season. And people roll their eyes when you talk about Gabe. Da- Gabe Davis makes one of those catches. He sure. probably doesn't make both, but he makes one of the Trent Sherfield like he makes one of those plays. He does. Yeah. Especially against the Chiefs. Like that's the team that he always seems to light up. So like that was a notable loss for them.
1: I did not really I'm not gonna care too much about Josh not throwing the Stephon Diggs over the middle because no. if he had a no. he had a chance to put a touchdown on the board, you'd do it, and that's what he does. What I did care about was the the call on the fake punt. There's a few ways to parse this now. Okay. Uh-huh. My issue was I I I'm fine with Sean's reasoning of well, the element of surprise, their defense isn't on the field. It's their punt team, right? So, you know, they're not going to have normal defenders. And by the way, they had 10 guys in the field, the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. But we find out earlier that even, even before that, that, the play was made. But to me, you're snapping it to a a third string, a fourth string, safety, a fourth string, your fourth safety, who's playing. You're snapping it to DeMar Hamlin, a backup safety, and asking him to get five yards. This wasn't fourth and two. Because of the loss on the play, the play before that, it's fourth mm-hmm. and three. I mean, I'm sorry, fourth and five. You're asking me to five yards. To me, that was the issue I had with it. I, I love the aggressiveness. I understand. And he said we weren't stopping them. He's right. But to me, snapping the ball to Demar Hamlin, asking him to get five yards was a tough deal.
2: To me, what is more likely to work? The element of surprise or Josh Allen? The yep. answer is simple. It's Josh Allen. Now, this play ultimately doesn't, cost them because two plays later the Chiefs Correct. fumble it out of the end zone but it's just one of those moments where well what if they got it and then they moved down the field and they scored and the game completely changed it's the exact same conversation with the Stephon it's about, it about
1: a 20-yard difference too right because wasn't I have to look but wasn't that play right around the 40 they get the yeah, touch like- back to about the 20 and then they don't do anything with it right if i if i remember yeah.
2: it correctly so i mean it's the same thing as like yeah we have hindsight now but the deep yeah. ball to digs because if you make that right like let's say he makes that catch now i know they march all the way down the field but if he makes that catch they get the ball at the 20 the 25 whatever it is and there's still seven and a half minutes left on the clock so if you don't get in the end zone right and you miss a kick then guess what? You're still getting the ball back conceivably as long as you miss a field goal. So there's layers to this. And it's the same thing with that. Did it ultimately end up hurting them? No. But if they could have sustained a drive there, then they would have been in a better position down the stretch. Now that's crazy because they were in a really good position the way that this game played out. But still, just any chances to get points on the board and then those opportunities taken away, Like that's the difference in this game. The Chiefs were able to make a couple stops on the Bills. The Bills were not able to do that on the I mean, the Chiefs had five third downs in this game. Think about how ridiculous that is. They were yep. one of five, and one of those was a, a penalty. The, the flag that was thrown like five seconds after the play ended. Now that Bills got off the field on the next set of downs, but it, that's inexcusable. I don't care how many people you have banked up. You shouldn't be letting them just move the ball at will in two downs every drive. It felt like every single drive yep. was Isaiah Pacheco, seven yard gain, and then they'd get a first down. And then the next thing was Isaiah Pacheco, eight yard gain, and then they would get a first down. Like it, they just moved the ball way too easy.
1: Well, dude, you, if you want to look at it, and the average offensive gain, average per play, 7.7 7 for the Chiefs, 4.7 for the Bills, massive. Massive. It's a, it's a one of the Bills were within three, you know, at the end of yeah. the game no w- with that. And then you think, look, at I talked about explosive plays before. Do you know how many plays the Chiefs had of 20 yards or more total? Eight. They had eight. You know how many the Bills had? Zero. Zero. In fact, outside of Josh Allen scrambles, zero plays over 15 yards. Their <laughs> two longest plays were 18 and 16, both Josh Allen runs. They, 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 they couldn't. Ridiculous. They, and look, and Matt, I actually don't mind the strategy of, we're depleted on defense. If we can really run the ball here and win the time of possession battle and score touchdowns, we're golden. And actually, that was working. It was working early in the game. They went on some massively long drives. Their touchdown drives were like seven and eight minutes, and they scored touchdowns. But They obviously missed on the first one. They got a field goal. Opening drive of the game, man, that was so big. If you get a touchdown there, it's much different than getting the field goal there. That's why you start trading the leads back and forth. But that, that strategy worked. The only issue with that strategy is you leave little margin for error. And when you have the errors, that's what happens. And that's why you get beat.
2: Yeah, for sure. I, th- I think that the Chiefs did enough to win this game because of how dominant their offense was. And I don't want to make this seem like the Chiefs don't deserve to win this game. But I feel like the Bills also did as much to lose this game. This feels like this is whatever perspective you're looking at it from. And I think that's another reason why this is going to be so incredibly frustrating for Bills fans. This is not a game where you lost like last year. The Bills last year got their doors blown off by the Bengals. And it was just very clearly that they were the better team. The Bills had a bad day. There are ways the Bills win this game. There are ways they should win this game. If you flipped it again and played the exact same scenario out and once again gave the balls on second and gave the bills the ball, second and nine at the two minute warning, I think you like their chances most times, more times than not. But they just too many mistakes on both sides of the ball. And that's just kind of been the theme of the last really four years here. It's just crucial mistakes and crucial moments. It, it just feels like in these big games. <laughs> Something always goes wrong, and it hasn't been jo- It hasn't been the quarterback. It's kind of been everything else.
1: Josh Allen with another nice game on the ground. He accounted for over 250 yards and three touchdowns total.
2: for The did Buffalo you, Bills. You, they
1: lose 27. Do you
2: know Josh's stats in the two playoff games? I added it up just so.
1: Go ahead. This is which which, this two, which two which two.
2: Just all this of one like in like the this, thirteen seconds yeah, game, or no? This one in the Steelers game. So this year. Oh,
1: oh, oh! This year, got
2: it, got it. Josh Allen was forty-seven of sixty-nine. That's a sixty-eight point something percent completion percentage, almost seventy percent. Four passing touchdowns, one hundred and forty-six rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns, and zero turnovers. That is not the stat line of a quarterback who should be once again going home. It's just simply not. They have the guy. They just don't have the pieces around the guy. And that's a, a major concern. Like that, that's unbelievable. Once it's again, incredible. all year we listen to people say, well, the turnovers are going to ultimately cost them. No, they're not. Because in the playoffs, he becomes the second best player on the planet. The problem for the Bills is that the best player on the planet that's is right. the guy who eliminates them every single season. It's just it's it's mind-boggling and there's these pe- like there's going to pe- be people on Monday, and Tuesday, in yeah. the next 3 or 4 months who are going to say like, "Oh, Josh Allen couldn't get over couldn't beat Patrick Mahomes at I the know. big stage." It's like, "What are you talking about?" If they, like if you don't real if you real if you think Josh Allen is the problem, you have no idea what you are talking about.
1: No doubt about it. Well said. Bills lose 27-24. It's going to be um locker cleanout time basically on Monday.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional.
1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, Matt Bovee, Sal Capaccio here. It's always game day in Buffalo. A lot of questions about this roster going forward. We could tackle them much more in depth as we go forward. But I think one thing that's going to happen here is, Matt, we've had this growing, swelling over the last year, really since the 13 seconds, but especially since last year, you know, um, theme from some fans that they believe that maybe this team has hit their ceiling with Sean McDermott. That they need to move mm-hmm. on for Sean McDermott. I don't share that sentiment, but I also respect it. I understand because, Hey, I used to think the same thing when people were completely crazy, when I lived down in the Tampa area about Tony Dungy, and then they moved on and they won a Super Bowl, and you're not guaranteed to do that. I think Sean McDermott's an excellent coach. I'm not going to sit here and say that they should move on from him. I understand and respect the thought though, of anybody who says it's been seven years and you sometimes need a new voice to go in a different direction, even when you have success.
2: Yeah, it's definitely, you can't roll your eyes at it. If somebody Mm -hmm. says, and they legitimately believe that, The Bills will never win a Super Bowl with Sean McDermott. What proof does anybody who doesn't believe that have, right? They've regressed every year. This is a question from somebody. I put out something that said, you know, does anybody have any questions? And one of the questions was, like, in any other job, this is right here. Can you tell me any person in an annual performance review that has delivered under expectations for three to four years in a row and still had a job if that was me I would be fired it won't happen but the head coach needs to go I also am with you I think that the Sean McDermott should be should you know his job should be in question conversation was very real a month and a half ago and then they went on this run and then they once again had a chance I don't think they're going to make a change because I still think the team, the players, believe in him, the players that are going to be back. But it's not crazy (laughs) to suggest. It's just not, because they have gone from a team that in 2020 felt ahead of schedule in the AFC Championship to now three consecutive years of losing the divisional round, and that's not good enough when you have somebody who is legitimately a top two or three player in this league. Do you
1: think Sean McDermott, if if he is the Bills coach next year, should hire a defensive coordinator I do. to call plays? I,
2: yeah. I, ooh, I don't know if I would do that. I think I would just probably... It's a tough well, question. I mean,
1: I, I, I mean, he might hire one in title. You know what I mean, though. Do you think he'd have someone yeah. run the defense and call plays?
2: No. I think that the defense was actually for the most... I mean, today is... The, the game against the Chiefs is, I think, an outlier. I think for the most part, the defense was fairly good this year. I don't think that was why you know they struggled in the middle of the season. I feel like they struggled in the middle of the season because their offense and their defense kind of carried them and then of course at the end the offense figured things out and it was the defense that struggled in this game at least.
1: Yeah, I don't I go back and forth because I totally agree with all that except I do wonder if having a defensive coordinator would allow him to do other things. Not that it really hurt him this year necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there might be someone out there might allow him, you know, even he said, you know, th- he's got to devote more time to it. Obviously he's in the defensive meetings. So I think he's a really, really good defensive coordinator, play caller. Um, it's an yeah. interesting question. Joe Brady has had a couple interviews here, at least one. He had one interview in Atlanta yeah. for their head coaching vacancy. The Bills have to make a decision on him relatively soon. Meaning yeah. like if they're going to keep him as, as the defensive, as the offensive coordinator, or if they're going mm-hmm. to basically say, Hey, thank you. It was great. Did a great job. But we're going to go outside and look for somebody else. What do you think they should do?
2: I think they should make him the permanent offensive coordinator. I think that he's going to get looks from obviously other places. I know the Falcons already interviewed him. I, I wonder if the Falcons interview was more of a formality, if Bill Belichick is getting that job and it was more of a, Hey, would you be interested in being the offensive coordinator here right. and working under right. Bill Belichick? If it was one of those types of deals, sure. I think they should take the interim tag off because I still think that he is a young, innovative play caller. Who's got room to grow. I think that the offense really did look better under him than they did all season you could say one of the things that sean mcdermott deserves criticism for is that he took too long to move off of ken dorsey because the offense was definitely better with joe brady than it was with ken dorsey so i would take the interim tag off because i think for both parties it makes sense for the bills i think there's familiarity there you like the upside you like what he did with the sample size that he got Joe Brady, you still get to work with Josh Allen, right? If your ultimate end goal is to be a head coach, you're better suited doing that in Buffalo than trying to go to a different team and having... I mean, there's two teams where you could go there and it would be a better opportunity, a better stepping stone to get to a head coaching job. And that's probably the Chiefs and the Ravens. Well, those jobs aren't going to be open. So you should probably just stay with Josh Allen. Yeah, I think that's right.
1: I think Joe Brady's done a good enough job. I think him and Josh seem to have a really good working relationship. I do think that there's got to be some tweaks, obviously. might Maybe more personnel, wide receivers, things like that. The Bills have several key free agents uh, coming up, including Micah Hyde. Jordan Poyer has one year left. Did they both play their last game in a Bills uniform, though?
2: I don't think both. I think Micah did. I think that this this could be such a ridiculously dumb take on my part, but I think there's something to be yeah, said right. that they introduced all the guys on defense and Micah Hyde was the last one because it feels like maybe this is Micah Hyde's last go around. It Normally when they do that, they have those guys come out together. They have Tara yeah. and they have Jordan Boyer and they have Micah Hyde come out together. I mean, that's just like a stupid observation for me, but well, that's right. and maybe Micah, Micah, Mike, Mike, you know, with his neck injury, who knows what he wants to do too. Right. That's what I'm saying. Right. Like yeah. I, I I think something there needs to be a lot of changes. There are going to be, they have tried to run it back several times after the 2020 season. It was totally warranted, right? You did not know if you would get Matt Milano back. If you'd get uh, John Feliciano back, if you'd get Daryl Williams back, all these guys that played big roles on that team and they brought them all back. And then in 2021, they once again came up short and then it was the same thing. Well, 13 seconds happened like let's keep the band back together let's try and get these guys back and that has been kind of what they've done with minor tweaks here and there like the von miller move was a splash after the 2021 season to mm-hmm. try and put him over the edge i'm not suggesting another von miller type move because they don't really have the money for another von miller type move they got a lot of things they got to figure out but sometimes change is a good thing and mm-hmm. the guy you know you need to keep is josh allen and then after that, you've got some other really nice pieces who are young players, but maybe it's time for a pretty big overhaul, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think offense you could probably roll back with. There's no question they need another top-tier wide receiver. That, like To me, last year we talked about a lot of different things they can do with the draft, including wide receiver. This year, I don't even think it's a conversation. Draft a wide receiver. You yeah. need one. You need one. Then after that, take every other player – and make them a defensive draft pick for all I care.
1: Well, let, let's remember they should get you know Matt Milano back from injury, which will help a lot. And next to Dr- <laughs> to Robert could be a really formidable yeah. linebacking core. They're going to have to make <laughs> some decisions with and see where Tre'Davious White is, you know, with his injury situation coming back. And there's going to be some other changes up front. They have a lot of guys who are free agents. This is um, I have, I have a you know we both have our roster and we could do this, but I'll just read you the way Adam Schefter tweeted it, so I can just read it off his tweet. Key free mm-hmm. agents for the Bills. You ready? Gabe yeah, Davis, Micah Hyde, Leonard Floyd, Tyrell Dodson, Dane Jackson, AJ Panessa, Taylor Rapp, Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, Jordan Phillips, Puna Ford, Linval, Linval Joseph, Shaq Lawson, Trent Sherfield, David <coughs> David Edwards. Excuse me, Latavius Murray, Ty Johnson, Damien Harris, Cam Lewis, and Kyle Allen. Well, Matt, those are the players and the people we will be talking about for the next several months when we come back here on it's always game day in Buffalo and decide and figure out what this team needs to do.
2: There's like two players on that list who I think like really matter. And that's not to be like a, a a massive slight on any of those guys. They all certainly can play, they all certainly serve a role on this team, but if if every single one of those players that you just mentioned leaves, I still think the Bills can contend because they have jo- 5 weeks ago I would have said, "Oh my god, you need to do everything possible to keep Leonard Floyd." Where was Leonard Floyd in the playoffs? Where was Leonard Floyd down the stretch? Because it didn't look like he was doing much. A.J. Epinesa is another guy who I feel like peaked a little bit too early. Now, A.J. Epinesa has been dealing with an injury. They all, Everybody is at this point, but where was A.J. Epinesa down the stretch? Micah Hyde obviously has meant so much to this organization. He is one of those fan favorite all-time Bills because of what he has done. It's time to get younger and better at safety because you yeah. lost a step there. I mean, I, I don't know. Who's the who, – uh, Gabe Davis is the biggest name on that list. Gabe Davis. Uh, Daquan teammate.
1: Jones is pretty big, I think, for what he's done, but yeah. Daquan, right.
2: Daquan Jones is going to be back, and Daquan Jones is not going to cost them nearly as much money as people think he's going to because of the injury that write. he had this season. Yep. Certainly, the injury did not help them, and it sucks for him, but the injury to Daquan Jones is going to make it possible for the Bills to get him back on a team-friendly deal, on a two-year, $12 deal. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Something. Most of these
1: guys, are just, they're just they're replaceable. I mean, that's really what it comes down yeah. to, and I agree yeah. with you. I remember doing a lot of radio interviews in the summer, people asking me has the bills window closed. And my answer always goes no. it doesn't close as long as you have number 17 under center.
2: Yeah, exactly. It doesn't close no. as long as you have Josh Allen. You have Terrell Bernard, who looks like he's <laughs> going to be awesome. You have Matt Milano, who's coming back. I mean, imagine a defense that has Ed Oliver, Matt Milano, Terrell Bernard, Rasul Douglas, and Tredavious white. Put anybody oh. at those other positions. I know that we just spent a lot of time talking about how the interior defensive line didn't get any pressure, we have to watch the film back, but I would imagine that their mindset was, "Don't let Ed Oliver take over this game," and that we don't think anybody else is going to beat us because Ed Oliver has had that good of a season.
1: Well, we are not done with it's always game day in Buffalo. We got a lot more off season content planned for you, but you know, thanks for watching all season long here in the regular season mm-hmm. and the postseason. Obviously, everybody, um, Matt, not the way we wanted to end it tonight. No, I- I'm we're, we're all hurting for for Buffalo and Bills Mafia. I mean. You know, it's a city that, that it's had a lot of times punched in the gut, a lot of sports losses. We just add this yeah. one onto it and we move on. The sum comes up tomorrow and we we talk about, you know, what, what's <sighs> it going forward?
2: Yeah, it's tough. I know it's tough for a lot of people. It's tough for our friends, our family, you know, you cover the yeah. team and you need to be objective and you need to be critical when you need to be critical. And there's, there's so many layers to the entire conversation, but our community is hurting right now. Our, our family, our friends are all hurting because of the way this game ended, I, I said after the 13 second game that I felt like that was my generation's music's the miracle. And now my generation has a version of wide, right? As well, not nearly, not nearly what the other one was, but still it's just like, why does it feel like they just continuously find ways to lose in such soul crushing fashion? Well, it's
1: close to 2 AM. Matt and I are talking here. I have a 10 year old who cried himself to sleep. So I'm going to have to make sure he feels a little better in the morning and, let him know that he's got a lot of years left to root for Josh Allen. So it's okay. And let all yeah. bills mafia know out there that um, it'll be okay. I know it doesn't seem like it right now, but it'll be okay. And we'll be here with you every step of the way. So yeah. uh, Matt, you have a great rest of your night and morning. Yeah. And I know you and I will be uh, back at one bills drive very shortly and everybody else. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Sales sports, YouTube channel, South sports that is. And of course it's always game day in Buffalo, wherever you're, you pod have a great night say- slash morning yes go
2: ahead yes, can I say one other thing yeah uh, thank you to, thank you to you for everything this oh, season no thank you to mike robbie our producer for everything that he's great done time. this season he's been fantastic we're so excited to have him thank you to anybody who has listened like sal said we're not going anywhere we're still going to be churning out podcasts a ton um thank you for all the support admittedly from a very real standpoint i needed football this year because yeah. it was such a tough summer for me that this was an escape this was a sense of normalcy this was something that i needed i needed a distraction i needed the podcast i needed just to kind of get back into a, a routine so thank you to all of those of you who listen to this who download to all that you know if it's the first episode you've listened to sorry we've got to be so gloom and Doom this entire time. But yeah, just just thank you to you. Thank you to Mike. Thank you to everybody who listens, because it really, really does mean a lot to me.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.